Hello. Hello. Hello and welcome back to the podcast Industry Tactics. I'm your host, Friendly Rich, and I'm very excited to announce that on September 14th, I'm going to be releasing my new record. It's a studio record featuring Kevin Bright and Hawksley Workman. And it'll be available on September 14th on all digital platforms. That's iTunes, Spotify, you name it. And uh, if you go to FriendlyRich.com and you click on the tour button, there's a bunch of dates in Quebec and Ontario. I hope to see you along the way. And a special night in Toronto on October the 13th playing with Hoxley Workman and Kevin Bright. They'll be joining me uh, and the Lollipop people for one special night uh, along the way the Toronto launch, so I hope to see you there. It's coming out on vinyl and CD, so uh, check it out at FriendlyRich.com. Very exciting stuff. Going to be releasing actually a special edition behind-the-scenes look. Listen. Look and listen. Uh, Podcast, industry tactics, looking at, uh, actually featuring a lot of the the behind-the-scenes stuff that you never get to really hear on the record. Some of the stuff that got edited out. Interviews with... uh, the makers of that record. So that's going to be a special edition uh, version of Industry Tactics featuring uh, a, a behind-the-scenes look at the Great Blue Heron coming out on September 14th. So listen up for that podcast. And there's even a VR thing I'm doing. Uh, kind of a, uh, I don't know, we're calling it Friendly Riches at v- Virtual Reality Adventures. So Check that out. That's going to be on my YouTube channel. So a lot of weird stuff going on coming up. Very excited about every little bit. And um, playing and, and doing a bunch of dates with Steve Ward, Phil Miles, and uh, and Joe Sorbera. Dear friends, uh, two of those three folks are prior episodes on this podcast. Speaking of, I, I sat down recently with Eugene Martinick, uh, producer and a uh, weirdo musician uh, who, who produced a lot of the early Coburn records and uh, was in Kensington Market, studied with Sam Dolan, some really interesting chats about, you know, coming up in, in the 60s and playing high schools and, and, and residencies in the city of Toronto that lasted a week at a time. It was a different era. I want to thank Tim Posgate, uh, a future guest on, on said podcast, uh, for, for setting this up. We do take requests, so uh, get in touch at Industry Tactics or find me on Twitter at Friendly underscore Rich and, uh, and make a request. Who would you like me to chat with? I'll, I'll, I'll sit down with your grandma if she feeds me pierogies. Sit back and prepare to be bedazzled. Tactics. We're gonna sample that sound, so. and oh. we are just 
We are just going to get into it here with the smiling face of Eugene Martinek. I'm honored to be here with you, man. You are? Yeah. You. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Very funny. Yeah, no, not yeah. funny. Yeah, okay. Excited. So we're going to take it through. We're going to end this whole thing with a, I know how now, with a virtual reality tour. He's daring enough to open not only his home, but his refrigerator. There's pierogies in there. Oh, we're going to do a full scan layer, and that'll be the virtual reality teaser. That's right. That will pl plop up on Excellent. our YouTube channel. All right, channel. pick up the pierogi. That's yeah. the, uh... Entering the kitchen and the refrigerator of Mr. Eugene Martinek. So let's get into it, okay? Okay. The, the podcast is called? What Caught. What Caught. Yeah, is that what it's called? You don't know, eh? No, I don't. I Welcome don't, I... to the podcast. And, and we're honored to have you on it. Your okay. episode, we don't know what episode you are, but we're, we're okay. 30 some odd, we're over 30 episodes deep, right. okay? It's called Industry Tactics. Ah, uh, yes, sorry, sorry. I don't blanked. be, don't be. And I'm 70 now, so it's like difficult for me to remember anything. <laughs> Thank you for disclosing your age. When did you turn? Uh, the end of March. Wow. And what's that been like? Well, 70, I'm still uh, walking. I don't know. It seems to be okay. You look good. Well, so far, <laughs> you got you got the smile of a, of, a, of a forty year old. Oh, is that right? Well, there you go. And uh, and man, you've been through it. And, and you know, I don't know your music super. Like, I'm not super in depth into yes. the pronunciation of your last name. Right there, you go. But but I admire what I see in your output, man. I mean, uh, so you've been at this how long? Uh, when did long you time touch the bug? Since high school. Yeah, yeah. I grew I, up here in in the city of Toronto. Yeah, that's or? right. That's wow. right. And and I started playing in high school, mm -hmm. um, in obviously in rock bands or whatever. Mm -hmm. um, and um, I, well, actually, it was it, the 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 band that I played with in high school. You know, we we as bands at the at that time, uh, we used to do dances. Mm -hmm. Right, and we would play for all of the other, uh, um, you know, all the other kids essentially yeah, at that yeah. point. So we would play at least twice a week, and we would play all all over on kind of southern Ontario. How uh, old are you? You're 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 sixteen. Well, a little a little, but I, I guess I would have been seventeen, eighteen. Isn't that uh, an interesting thing? Yeah. The high school band tour market circuit. It's oh, it gone. was huge. They, they, well, huge in the sense that there were so many of us. Yeah. Uh, um, and um, uh, we, the, the Colonnade used to have a restaurant. Okay. Well, um, kind of, kind of in the back of it, and uh, uh, we used to uh, kind of meet there after the gigs, and because uh, we knew we're kind, of, you know, we we're friendly with all the other bands, obviously. And you'd always ask, well, where were you playing t tonight? You know, where was your gig? You know, and uh, uh, so, you know, we'd kind of pull in and have a burger at two in the morning or something. Uh -huh, right? And share. Well, not the burger, but... <laughs> the, 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 gig, the industry tactics. The industry tactics. Yeah, we didn't really think it was industry tactics. No, you didn't, you didn't know you were, you were involved in the industry at that point. Well, you not really. Thought... Well, sort of. But we, we did, the, the band I was with was called Bobby, Chris, and the Imperials. We did have a tune. Mm -hmm. Somebody actually sent me a chum chart from that time. Uh, you know, with, we had this tune called uh, Walk On By. And what was it like? And uh, well, just, what do you mean? What was what like? What was the music like? What? Well, it was just typically it was a, a there, the 
it was actually a remake of of a Dion Warwick tune called Walk On By. Okay, okay. Right? Yeah. So it was pretty pretty similar in that respect. But uh, so anyway, that that uh, that brought our price up, you see. So we were uh, and we used to wear suits, three piece suits, and and we had uh, a, well a singer, but we would do the typical thing of those days, which was the band would would first of all come up and and play an instrumental of some sort. Uh huh. This is and, great. And uh, you know, then the singer would come out. You know, you go, you know, that 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 that. Ladies and gentlemen, would you please welcome whoever your singer was? And you're you're on the high school gym stage. Well, the, in different places, yeah. We and we also would play in the some of the bars in town. Okay. Uh, particularly the cock door, uh, which I had, uh, they would bring in people from the U.S. and sometimes uh, there might be an issue with the border, somebody getting across, uh, or they wouldn't let someone in. Or the cock door. The cock door. It was right where Ryerson is now, roughly, right? Like like le cock. Yeah, le cock door. door. Okay. Yeah, the golden the golden cock. goose. Yeah. Uh, so <laughs> interesting. Uh, yeah, so I would get you know I would come you know and say in grade 12 I would I would come home from school and I'd get a call and you know say hey man get your suit we're playing at the cock door this week, right? So uh, cuz we all wore suits. Obviously. Was it only on weekends that these things happened or No, at the cock door was like a full week. All all the clubs in those days were a full week. Everybody played uh, the full week. Okay. Um okay. So you were working like, hard. You were working hard in high school. That was your. Well, yeah, that's why it didn't quite do really well at the end of high school, because <laughs> we were playing a lot, and I, I, uh, uh, well, decided that that uh, you know at one point we all said, okay, well, let's, you know, let's, you know, we were fairly successful. Let's take a year off, mm-hmm. and then we could go back. You know, if we go back, we go back to university, right? And yeah. and uh, so I never went back to university. I I uh, uh, ended up hitching up in Yorkville you know uh-huh. and uh, um, I wanted to I kind of left that band I, I thought you know with just thought it would be interesting to to get into a band where where we did our own material right and wanted to do some recording and learn about recording and uh, uh, I got fortunate because I I, uh, uh, I ended up uh, you know sort of uh, in well we Put together together this band called the Kensington Market, mm-hmm. and uh, that was a great opportunity. I mean, as as bizarre as the whole thing turned out to be in the end, yeah, it was a great opportunity to record, to uh, uh, you know, kind of learn about recording, and and uh, which at the, after that case, you know, sort of situation, it it I became interested in record production, but. Yeah. We had through Kensington we were, Market, you, yeah, yeah, yeah th- because we had you know the opportunity to we had a really good record producer, um, a guy called Felix Papillardi. Okay, and he was if he was the producer of the Cream, right? That that Cream was the, at that point probably the biggest group, but you know going right. Wow. Uh, and anyway, we got to, a wow. chance to record in New York, and. Um, um, you know, I just got a chance to see what was going on, and 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 um, I was you know the whole process was really interesting, and uh, uh, and you know at one point I decided to go back and study music because the uh, producer that we had 
uh, Felix Pat Pilardi. Yeah. We the the first album we we did he did some I guess what they call sweetening. So we had some people in from the New York uh, Philharmonic yeah. to to you know kind of you know session guys, but they they were from there and. Right. Uh, uh, Good term, by the way, sweetening. Well, that was a that was the term for it. Yes. Industry tactics. Yes, yeah. Sweetening. So, you know, I thought, well, you know, this guy's like, you know, how come he, he's a rock and roll guy? How uh -huh. come he knows how to do this, uh -huh. right? So cool. he wrote the charts and and uh, uh, he did, eh? Oh yeah. And I thought, well, you know, maybe there's something, you know, because I always thought that rock was like the edge, you know, the music yeah. edge, right? Right. And. Um, so when the you know so when I saw that I thought well gee that's really interesting I mean mm -hmm. you know the the fact that he you know he graduated from uh, you know a, a university in music that didn't wreck his rock and roll soul at all right does that so, can, does that eventually connect you to Dolan Samuel Dolan yes yes oh yeah because that, yeah? oh yeah that's right because you know when wow. when when the the that whole the Kensington market that whole thing blew up um, you know I thought well. And also, I, I thought I'd go and study, right? And I thought, okay, well, and I wanted, I was very interested in contemporary music. I discovered there was something other, real contemporary music, you know, yeah. in, in the sense of, yeah. of having a, a history. Rock, rock was great, but it didn't really have much of a history, you know. Let, so let's uh, let's let, let's listen. Do you, what what's some of that early stuff that you produce that you uh, you recorded with Papa Lardy? Can we listen to one of the tracks, the Kensington Market track? Uh, could you email I, it to me? I could. Yes. Sure. Yeah. yeah. Let's yeah. cue something yeah, actually, up now. Then. Yeah. Okay. Because actually, yeah. Sure. I'll send you something. Because what would be a nice like uh, well tune to play to well, share with our listeners? Um. Well, I think w one that might be of interest mm -hmm. is uh, maybe with some sweetening. Well, it would be one of the. Well, we yeah, I could send you something with sweetening, but I think something that might be kind of interesting that we we had a, a person in the band called John Mills Cockle, mm -hmm. and John was had was the first synthesist in Canada, I think, or one of the first. Interesting. And he had a, a Moog synthesizer, so oh. we did we did something that nobody else was doing at the time, right? Okay. The way he did he he ended up doing it. Okay. You know, so we used like he uh, put me through the the uh, synth and um, you know how how uh, it, I don't it's such a popular thing for people to 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 uh, uh, kind of sync things up to a to a tempo or whatever, mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. uh, so. Uh, we used that. He had he had a kind of a, a sequential bass part in it, and um, it's a first in a in a real in a real way before before anything came out of the uh, Britain, right? And what year is this? This would have been sixty eight, I guess, right? Wow, wow, so, Eugene Martinick. Anyway, but you no, know, that was John. That was John Mills Cockle, right? So through Kensington Market, though, yeah, you, you because were still he kind of he joined. Here. Yeah, that was our second album. Okay, right? we were we, we were doing that, and he he uh, hooked up with us. Let's do it. Uh, so uh, what's send, the name of the What's the name of the tune that we're gonna it's play? It's called Help Me, and yeah. and uh, I'll will send that to you. Uh, Featuring John Mills Cockle, was he a member of the band? Or? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yep. Here it comes now. Yeah. Help me. Help me. It's called Help Me. Yeah. Somebody help me through it all Nobody sees my ways at all 
kind of on the leading edge of that whole thing, right? Wow. Like John John actually uh I found a just kind of recently, but yeah. he he was kind of instrumental in setting up the electronic music studio at the conservatory and worked with Sam Dolan, right? Wow. Was and, Samuel Dolan involved in developing that? Like the electronic music oh studio? Yes, at, oh yes, oh yes, yeah, yeah. He so was he was big into that stuff. Oh yeah, right? he was Totally instrumental. That I, I didn't realize that. I thought he was more of a, a straight-ahead classical guy. Well, both, yeah. Okay. Well, straight-ahead classical Thank electronic you. music was part of the straight-ahead classical... Look at me trying yeah. to box him right in. Right. <laughs> Samuel Boxman Dolan. Pardon no, me. No, he was... He was um, uh, yeah, you know... The, the, what was he like as a teacher? He was a great teacher, I think. You know, I, I spent almost four years with him, I think. So know. what do you do? You just knock on the, on the conservatory door yeah, and say, I, just, I, need, I need more, I need to know more. Well, I'd, I'd like to study, you know. Um, uh, wow. And, uh, you know, I kind of gave him some indication of what, uh, you know, because I had, I mean, I did, I had... I had good knowledge of harmony and, and all that other shtick. I bet. You know, at that I bet. Time. You know, uh, so, but so the thing I was mostly interested in was serial composition, like the 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 Shun, tone system. Shunny. Yeah. So, yeah. You know, and and you know anything post that because I, okay. I was kind of a big ligety fan, right? You right. Know? Of and, course. Um, um, so I wanted to know how to do that and how how that was done and and uh, so. Of course, he started me off on 16th century counterpoint. Yuck, yuck. That was like... Did you have to pass a... No. 
he took you. He just, yeah, he just, uh, you know. He said, if you've yeah. got an appetite, I'm going to feed it. That's right. I had a really, you know, There's something I had about great that, shtick. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So. And who were you meeting along at that time? Like, I'm, I'm, I'm interested in the whole thing, like the scene when you mentioned, well, uh, you know, like who else is studying with Dolan at that time? Just thinking, uh, a guy called Michael Baker, yeah. who was, uh, you know, kind of part of the, the uh, uh, well, a Ray scene at that yeah. point, right? Yeah. And um, um, who else would I have met? Like is Kulesha, Schaefer? Gary Kulesha, yeah. Yeah? Yeah, Gary was there. Um, Very interesting. Yeah, it was, I'm I'm just kind of blanking on on No, don't worry about it. But uh, yeah, Gary was there. Uh, A guy called John Chong, who was actually a a doctor. Is he a doctor? I was going to say a brain doctor. Uh, No? No, no. Or is he he the guy that's... uh, he was the only guy that could write a, a fugue. That uh, okay, uh, John Chong uh, might be for your uh, if you've got. Yeah, that's yeah, right. He, he yeah, that's yeah, right. He does. Yeah. Or, uh, but in uh, under under all of that, he's a really really good musician. You know? like, oh yeah. no, I did know that. Yeah. And and all the musicians go to him if they've got that's sore right. hands that's or right. sore, so sore backs. John, that John was part of that. Wow. Uh, there was um, very um, cool. Um, also, that you know, um, oh God, I'm blanking on her name. Um, she was kind of an assistant to to Sam Dolan, uh, oh, yeah. Canadian composer. Uh, okay, it'll come back. I'm sorry, okay. I, I can't. Uh, I, I, as I get older, these no, things no, are. No, uh, no, no, you're just uh, a forty year old with a smile. <laughs> oh, yeah. Now, what about who's in the Yorkville scene that you mentioned about, and who well, are you meeting along? Like, like who did you meet through high school? Do you still? Well, high school, no. I, I, I kind of, you know, the, the. You know, as those guys go away. Yeah, they just kind of go away. You know, they 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 um, just well, I guess in in many ways that happened to to a lot yeah. of people. Yeah. Uh, yeah. You know, they they decided to go elsewhere. There was, uh, I guess, eventually there's no work, so you don't uh, you know you don't pursue that any further. You know, so I ended up. Uh, I was fortunate. Uh, I had uh, the time I went to to Dolan. I mm. had stop sort of doing you know kind of these rock gigs no more kensington market no that was done and and i was broke um i had just started with uh dolan i had rented uh, a house actually at that point or Mm -hmm. just and uh, so i uh i could read not very well but i could read but i and i got a gig at uh, the royal alex playing in the band at hair right and and so I made a mo- enough money then to buy a synthesizer in 1970, okay. right? Okay. Um, so, you know, at the, you know, and, and my, uh, fortunately, like the whole kind of record production thing started to open up. Uh, I got approached by Bruce Coburn to, want, he wanted to make a, his first recording. And how does he know you? How did you guys meet? Well, we met because uh, uh, he was playing with some guys that I knew, and they said, "Oh, you got to come and hear this guy. He's a really okay. great guitar player." Okay. That's before Bruce actually picked up an acoustic guitar, right? This was Bruce was an electric guitar right. player, and uh, so um, that's how we met. You know, basically, it was you know. And you recorded his first record. Yes. Well, as a producer, right? Yeah. 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 Yeah, I did about twelve of them, I think, roughly altogether. Just kind of an unusually unreal. long time for that kind of relationship. Relationship, eh? yeah, I think. You know. 
I don't know. Yeah, it sounds to me like you hit a serious groove there. With yeah, it was it exactly. I mean, I mean, it, how many years has that been? In twelve years, at well, least. Well, it would have something or, like that. Yeah. yeah, right. Yeah. So it it um, um, yeah, it's just the way it worked. You know, I don't know, and and uh, so it all seemed to happen at once. You know, like I was, you know, I went to the conservatory. I had, Beautiful. You know, I had a. I was lucky. The the gig that I had was three hours a day. Mm-hmm. So I had, Hair. and I would, I would go, most mornings I would go to the conservatory. Uh, yeah. They had an electronic music studio. Yeah. Um, so I'd spend, you know, kind of the morning before lunch, you know, two, three hours down there most days. There was nobody around. It, Just it was, messing around, eh? It was 25 cents an hour. Oh, man. You know, it, and, you know, I used to think, you know, that, like in retrospect, I, I used to think that, well... You know, it's not, it's, it's, it's interesting and, and, uh, you know, uh, but it's not kind of leading edge. And I found out that, that around that time, Mm. most, uh, and this is just recently that most of the studios in Europe, you know, like a lot of them were similar, right? Similar in what? Similar in, in capabilities and similar in equipment. And, wow. and you know, the... the um, so you're quite fortunate to yeah, have Yeah, oh, incredibly right? fortunate. Yeah, yeah. yeah that's yeah. right. Yeah, it's like uh, uh, I kind of walked into this situation and uh, there it was. And, uh, you know, I really enjoyed doing that. That was a, a great, great time for me in, in um, you know, kind of learning things. You know? Charming. You know, you're, you're harking back to... Uh... A time when it just seemed is very exciting to me, like this idea of, of, of coming up playing in uh, in in high schools, and doing the seven six seven day a week rigor, uh, you know, kind of paying your way and learning learning a lot, yeah. and then evolving to to Sandolin. That's a very interesting path. The other thing too that you, you might sort of like what what comes up too is is when you play um, a, a place for a week, you play every night. Right. And, and yeah. are we some of the places uh, we played from, um, well, I guess nine to one mm-hmm. and we had to do 45 minute sets. Right. So each hour we played 45 minutes of that hour. Mm-hmm. So you played a lot. Mm-hmm. Right. And so, what were you playing? Like, was it mostly guitar? guitar? Yeah, yeah. 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 So. So, um, yeah, it was. Wow. It, I think, uh, you know. In some ways, it, it was uh, a good training ground for getting your chops together. No you know? doubt, no doubt. So, you know, I think it's, well, I, I don't know whether it's true or not, but it would be a little more difficult because you, you only play one night now. There's only the one, you know, you, you play a single night and uh, that's it. Mm-hmm. It's just the way it is. Mm-hmm. But uh, mm-hmm. uh, It's a beautiful thing, man, that the idea of playing a place uh, six nights in a row, you make some well, friends, don't you? Yeah, well, yeah. that, you, but, you know, it's a lot of times uh, you, you, you or, wished you weren't there. But. Or, or you observe a little bit of uh, <laughs> yeah. underbelly anthropology, too. Well, right? yeah, there's that, you know, the old typical, hey, yeah. you guys know any good music? Yeah. yeah. So, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah, get drunk. You know, the cock door that we had, uh, the, you know, t- Toronto or Ontario is really bizarre in some ways. At, at for a time there, um, they had, you know, there was uh, the the kind of the men's room, yeah, and then there was ladies and escorts, so they, it was like completely divided up, right? Wow. So a woman couldn't go into a bar by herself with a, a guy, wow. for instance, right? And um, 
So at the cock door for a while, they, there was a bar in the center. And I don't know if you can imagine it, uh, the, the bar, the, but, and there was a stage and, be, and there was a wall all the way across except where the stage was. So in the way the sets worked out, so one set you would play to the ladies and escorts room, okay. right, half the band, and, right. and the other band would face to the other side. Whoa. And then you'd switch around, you know, it was completely nuts. But that was, that's, you know... Well, actually, Ronnie Hawkins and the Hawks, they did yeah. that, right? We, yeah. It's the same place they played at, right? Okay. We played at the cock door. He would be there for months on end, but and then he would go away. And then they would get these, uh, well, somebody like Bo Diddley or, mm -hmm. or uh, just a variety of people from that time period. And they're all coming through. They were, yeah, they yeah. were playing there. That's right. Yeah, yeah. That was a, Young Street was a, you know, was a, a kind of a hub, music hub for the city. You know, before uh, you know, things changed dramatically. The, the Beatles changed everything. Uh -huh. You know that. It, I mean, well, it, it just in style and the kind of music and and uh, you know, the whole booze thing uh, changed. You uh -huh. know, uh, you know the the coffee house situation happened, and yeah. you know all of that became kind of more important. And Young Street just kind of dissipated into uh, you know the the music. Lots of R&B at the time, you know, in those bars, you know. In fact, most of the bands in Toronto when I was in high school, we all played the same material, which was essentially rhythm and blues. Right. You know, a, a, a version of it. Right. Right. And, um, um, yeah, it was interesting because I, you know, I, you know, I noticed at one point, I thought, well, God, you know, we all play the same same stuff, same same repertoire almost, Right. right. Easy way to join new bands. <laughs> it's so interesting, eh? Like the yes, yeah, man. Yeah. It, it was a. It, it seems like a completely different world. But but at that time, nobody wrote their own material, right? Right, and that was, and that's another way reason why you're saying the Beatles. Well, yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. That then you know yeah. you saw well maybe there's an opportunity here. It was yeah. it was at, at first, you know there there was a lot of uh, uh, shall we say kind of negative attitude towards that type of idea um, but that you know eventually changed for instance the record companies were at that point just warehouses mm. right they had they had no A&R department okay you know, artists and uh, repertoire yes mm. um, so in fact Capitol Records the the head the A&R department were two guys that worked in in the uh, in the warehouse Right, they brought them. Well, they knew that you know they had had an idea what it was, but that's where they came from, right? When they had to leave the warehouse, yeah, because they had the, you know suits. the CRTC yeah. rulings, okay. right? Like for that, the you know they had to eventually you know play a certain amount, right? They, they the way they got around it at first, which was great, is is they would play a lot of Gordon Lightfoot at right. three in the morning, right? Right, right. So they need to make up their quota. So right. when that's when CanCon, when when does when does that come into place, CanCon? Let's see. I don't know. It would have been 80s? late sixties, late late sixties, seventies, somewhere okay. in there, Shit, right? I like it, it just slowed okay. down, perhaps. Yeah. yeah. I, uh, and did you see a? I mean, interesting well, with the old light foot maneuver in the morning, but did you see it start to? Oh yeah. Affect well, for good you know, change. I mean, well, okay. The 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 studios, new studios, started to open up. Yeah. They invested money in them. You know, we okay. they we would get, uh, uh, for instance, Man Manta Sound, for instance, brought. Yeah brought um, a couple of engineers from New York, from A&R Studios there. And they ended up, uh, uh, well, they were working there, but they also trained all these, you know, um, uh, you know, future engineers, if you want to call. 
right. look at it that way, you know, right. and, and, uh, it's legit. What you're talking about is a, is a, is an economic, is a bit of a, you know, what they're trying to hone now where you see it in, in certain elements, where right. The Ontario Media Development Corporation, you see these like almost like infrastructure deals with the government trying to in, give incentive to, yes. a, to, to a sector. Yeah. It's kind of happening at that, at that moment. Right. Yeah. It was, it was, it, uh, you know, I mean, there were some, you know, the, uh, there were some negative things about that whole, you know, CRTC thing. Sure. Uh, uh, and, um, you know, I always thought, well, you know, we wouldn't have these studios. We wouldn't have this. I mean, yeah. good, bad or indifferent. Right. You know, it's it's right. working. Yeah. And and eventually, like now, it doesn't matter because, you know, the, the, it, there's not the distinction between Canadian and American or anything else. Right. You don't like you don't really know who, where this person's coming from. In those days, it was a real issue. There was a, like, it was hard to um, get any interest from the American labels on Canadian music. Mm -hmm. um, you know, it, it was, uh, uh, well, I had, I had, um, I'll give you an example. Like, that I mm -hmm. did, I got a call to do some production with this group called Edward Bear. And, uh, you know, one tune, uh, and it was a song called Last Song. So, uh, as usual, being a musician, I'm always broke. So it was perfect. You know, it was, uh, you know, I thought, oh, great. I can pay my rent this, this month. No I'll problem. buy another synth. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it wasn't, it wasn't that much. But uh, um, anyway, so I, I did the session. Yeah. And it was something I I I, I wouldn't norm I wasn't usually in that position so to do something that commercial yeah right and um, so the you know that record started to get played on Chum which was like the right. the, the main sort of you know we did singles forty fives actually have that equals success that yeah. well whatever yeah. just it was that's everybody did forty fives uh -huh. and and. Uh, so it started to to get airplay and and it started to get popular and then you know then i i remember being on the street in yorkville at one point um, uh you know somebody came up and said oh man i can't believe you did that piece of shit that's the worst mm. piece of shit i ever heard you know and yeah. and uh you know you stooped so low you went uh, sure. you know sure um, sure and anyway so it it was picked up uh in um Windsor, there was a, a, a an important radio station in Windsor, and they broadcast into into Detroit. Awesome, right? And yeah. so there, the 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 tune was like uh, really popular there. Yeah. But you had to have the product in the product, the, the records yeah. in in the you know the stores to that, seal the deal. Yeah. Well, and and the Americans wanted nothing to do with it, right? And so what we ended up doing, or like Capitol Records here, is they flew somebody into Detroit, paid the, the duty on the, on the singles, put them in oh, so that they would continue playing the tune, right? Yeah, yeah. From there, it went on. And we, that thing, we ended up in number three on Billboard, you know, and we sold a million records, you know, easily, right? And after that, the... The uh, it was Capitol Records in the U.S. I remember, you know, we did some some other stuff and mm -hmm. and uh, um, w with Edward Bear, mm -hmm. uh, but you know the 
I, I forget, I had, to, I had to master something. I was a master of single. Mm. And I got the most amount of flack. I got this lackey to, you know, like, uh, uh, like they had no respect, even though we sold a million records for them that, you know, they were, you know, we were just Canadians and we had no, no idea of what was, uh, you know, how to do anything, you know. But they, did they record that track here? It was, it was, yeah. Oh, yeah. It they're not a Canadian band, though. Or they are. They, oh, oh, Edward yeah. Bear is a Canadian yeah, that's band. that's right. Okay, okay. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, they were kind but of a Yorkville band. I see. You know, I see. And, uh, I'm, well, I'm in the bubble gum. Yeah. It, uh, uh, yeah, it was just one of the, it was a freak, right? Yeah. You know, for me, I mean, in that sense. And a million, have... and a million copies sold. That must've yeah. been nice, uh, oh, to yeah, get you I... on your feet and building your career. Yeah. Well, that, that and, and, was, Coburn, and it was, I'm sorry. Is that pre you were? No, I had already done a Coburn album. Okay. Yeah, that's right. And, and um, mm. um, yeah, it actually ended up in the end, bought me a house, right? Isn't that nice? Industry yeah. tactics. Yeah. Industry Looking tactics. back. And keeping nothing. Right. So, uh, anyway. It, That's it, very cool. That's it, very it, inspiring. It is? It is. It's, it's really neat where, where, where you come from and what, how you've evolved what you do. Because I'm, I'm really excited to talk about where you take it all because of this whole... I don't know. I feel like you've seen it from a few different perspectives, right? Well, I mostly because of the work you know like where it, you know kind of where, where it came from and and it's uh, led you along and you've kind yeah. of remained that's right it's always about through. okay how, how am i going to pay the bills that's, yeah that's where it led yeah me. so from like r rhythm and blues uh roots to all this all these other choose your own adventures because i i feel that you chose correctly right it, for me it feels like an, an awesome organic navigation through it. well i think if, if it, it's worked for me I, um because I've always been interested in music, the mechanics of music, you know, sound, uh, you mm -hmm. know, synthesis, mm -hmm. uh, um, um, you know, and then when computers came along, you know, it, the, the um, you know, kind of trying to embrace that situation. Uh, yeah. uh, you know, I just, you know, after all these years, uh, I, I decided about a year ago that I was going to learn how to code. Because oh, I, yeah. I, I, I uh, um, you know, I complete. I thought, well, I, I'm not going to do this. I, mm -hmm. You know, I can't do coding. I'm not interested in coding. Mm -hmm. But I, I, I don't think I'll ever do coding. But it, I figured it. I'm not that I figured out. But I, I, I spent enough time to to understand. You know, I can read some code at this wow. point, right? Wow. So, wow. Uh, uh, I think but that's it's important. Like, yeah. Right? Well, I think so. I mean, yeah. you know, they they say you know for kids, and I thought, okay, yeah. well, yeah. I used to be a kid, so maybe Amen. I should learn how to code too. You know? Yeah, yeah. But it's yeah. it's it's very it's an interesting way to uh, to get sound, mm -hmm. you know. That and and uh, there's a the 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 language I, I chose was there's a great course. It's called Chuck, yeah. and um, um, I don't know how popular it is, but but it's it's one of those uh, kind of uh, uh, computer music languages. Okay, and there's no so. It's all done from a from a coding point of view. So you can do some, you know, it, you don't necessarily need a. In other words, when you look at the code, there's not a lot of it, but it, you can get some really interesting things out of it. I'm not sure that I can incorporate it into my workflow the way I okay. the way I do things now. But okay. uh, it also it made me look at some other things. There's. Um, um, you know things like machine learning that came out of that that course wow. Uh, wow. and uh, you know physical modeling so all this stuff that that i should have done 20 years ago you know i just kind of looked at recently and uh, it's exciting eh? yeah oh yeah i think so going. yeah um 
we're gonna get there. So you're you're. Uh, I want to talk about collaboration because you seem to do it like super well in, in in your career and with those you you've worked with. Like, what were some of the as you let's let's go back to the Bruce Coburn collaborations. Twelve records. What what um, what kind of guidance were you giving him through all that? Well, it you know it depends on when you know like there yeah. was a. a you know, sometimes we would just meet in the studio, mm-hmm. you know, uh, other times, you know, Bruce, uh, Bruce was notorious for, uh, he would come into town because he lived in Ottawa for a while. Mm-hmm. Um, and he would come into Toronto and, and uh, you know, he had a, some, some, you know, sort of songs he'd written and, the, you know, this was going to be the recording. This is the direction. And then he'd come back six months later and, and it'd be completely different. Right, I yeah. just kind of uh, decided he was going to go in a different different direction. Okay. Um, there were, you know, at first the first recording we did, Bruce did, you know, uh, the reason he he came, you know, kind of asked me to get involved was that you know I wasn't going to do any sweetening to his stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And he didn't want to do that. Wanted something quite simple. Uh, he was averse to anything like drums or anything, right? So we, that that first album is pretty, raw. pretty, pretty raw and yeah. uh, so well simple and and yeah, yeah, um, yeah. Um, you know we got lucky. Like he he you know we, there was a a song there uh, on that recording called "Going to the Country," which mm-hmm. the, we got some airplay. Uh, enough airplay so that the record company decided that it was okay to do another album and then you know that things started to pick up you know so so yeah it was one of those situations where you know if you if you sell enough records yeah uh, then they're willing to put more money into it the next time around you know it's a it's a do you feel that record companies back then, when they existed, uh, took more chances? In other words, if you record to record, they'd let you, they'd give you another one if you did all right, or maybe not even so all right. Like, well, it it depended, you know, on on, um, you know, sometimes like the 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 people at the record company would believe in the band, so called yeah. believe in the band. They yeah. they thought the band was good, and and you know, just whatever circumstances, uh, you know the. So yeah, some some circumstances were like that, where they, they would you know sort of think that it's it's okay, you know after two or three tries, if nothing was happening, then yeah. then it, you know they, they they wouldn't bother anymore, you know they right. would invest, let's right. say. Right. Um, but there were other circumstances where it was you know they the all they would go was like think about was okay, well where's the hit, you know mm. I don't care, you know and we used to do. After the forty-five situation, mm-hmm. we used to make albums, LPs, right? Yeah. And so, and the, the uh, uh, music got the songs got longer. Okay. So the, the you know so the 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 Edward Bear song fits into the criteria of of what what uh, uh, like a single should be. Yeah. You know it had you know you had to have the chorus come in after a certain length of time. Okay. The, the intro Bubble couldn't gum. be lum- yeah. longer yeah. than this, and yeah. uh, uh, so it fit nicely into that that category. It was basically Larry Evoy that that's kind of the mastermind behind uh-huh. that. You know, uh, uh-huh. he was a singer and a drummer in the okay. band. Okay. Um, so yeah, that that thing it was like a, a a very good single, as they would say. But like as a producer, you you 
back to that idea of collaboration and what you've learned, you know, getting the call and going in and working with a bunch of well, different artists, yeah. like what are some of the tools that you use to... Well, you know, I, I don't know. I, like, you, I'm well, meeting you right now for the first time, and it feels like I've known you for a long time. You know, how do how do you do that? How do you? I don't know. Well, I think you know the the my approach to to production um, is or was it's not my record. Okay. Right. So it's really the people I'm working with. It's their recording. So right. you know, I just try and find out what they want to do. Um, mm-hmm. You know, depending on the circumstance, sometimes it's a situation where there's like, you know, a lot of rehearsals or, or we, you know, we, I just go through, I, I try and get to know exactly what, what the material is. And, and uh, um, so if it's with a, 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 like a band, yeah. with a band, it's, it's you know, everybody has, has something to say, right? So you... Uh, you get into this situation where you know uh, you're kind of like the the uh, you know kind of a dumping ground in some respects for everybody's ideas. Yeah, and, and uh, yeah, you're like a director, or uh, I guess uh, somewhat. Yeah, and and, and uh, you know like the the you know I end up you know sort of booking the studio you know and if there's anything you know any any of these other sort of uh, uh, situations like we have any other musicians coming in you mm-hmm. know. And you know, I I have to give I have to make a budget up for the record company, uh, you know, get a rough sense of you know what it what uh, you know what it might cost at that point and and uh, mm. how much time we would need, uh, because usually they they um, well usually the record companies are quite flexible, but sometimes uh, that uh, what what would happen is. If I went over budget, it would come out of the money they gave me, right? Right, right. So, right. so you best manage. You, that be, you best yeah, try yeah. and do that. And, yeah. But you can't, you know, like you know the, uh, you just never know it with the musicians, right? Sometimes uh, there there's uh, some issues that, that they have and and they can't perform. Sometimes it's quite bizarre. Yeah, you know, people an seize thing. up. You know, they you they, put it under a yeah a spotlight. Yeah, and they you know they just they they yeah. so. Uh, I don't know. My approach was always like to 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 just assume that first of all, it's not my music. I have mm-hmm. to make this thing as comfortable as possible for everybody. Mm-hmm. And what I try and do is get a performance out of these people, right? Let's talk about um, Rob Cluton. Oh, Rob. Yeah. So you go to Europe at some point, eh? In the middle of all this, like you. Oh, I've been in Europe quite a bit. You yeah. You moved yeah. to Europe, or well, or we, you we were living there? in Barcelona. Yeah. Uh, recently, I mean, like last year, um, and I spent time in London and England. I got involved in the improv scenes there. Yeah. Right. I and, love this. Um, um, so how does that just happen? Well just kind of hang out I guess at first in London it was it took a, a couple mm-hmm. of months for me to you know kind of you know kind of convince people that that you know coming because what I do is a little unusual I don't play a normal instrument right. you know right. um, so concerted effort you just said at one point let's go to London let's go let's well go my, my wife wanted to to uh, uh, she wanted to take some time off yeah. at school here yeah. and, and work in an international school right so I went uh, uh, as what they call a trailing spouse I ended up, you know, doing teaching music at at the school she was at, uh, 
you know, I mean, on a part-time basis, like the, yeah. with, uh, you know, the music teachers would uh, actually had a good music department there. Uh-huh. Uh, you know, they got ill or they had something else to do, uh, like the kind of the upper school uh, teacher. She was ill for almost two months, mm-hmm. so mm-hmm. I had to take her classes, and then the, the younger ones. Um, Wow, uh, you know, but again, it was you know, it wasn't all the time. Maybe the yeah. third of the time, a half yeah. half the time that we were there, that I that I did that. But uh, yeah, I've been working on this particular kind of instrument that I can you know kind of improvise with. It's uh-huh. it's computer based, uh, and it I use a mouse to to it's like a mouse. I call it a mouse driven program, but it's it. Um, Originally, I started using it on an Atari computer, and and um, uh, I had at one point put together a bunch of Atari. I gathered a bunch of Atari computers because I was a, I just thought, well, I spent all this time. I can play with this system. Right has to be improvised because it, it's really uh, it's an improvising tool, right? It's okay. not a it's not like a sequencer. There's it does nothing until you start you start making it do something. Um, Is it a program? What, what? Well, it's several like there's several programs I one once uh, well the most driven program it, it's basically a midi event you know i'm i'm sending midi okay. from the program yeah and there you know you use two mouse buttons it runs it runs in a, in a, i found an atari emulator i see right and, the, gotcha. and it sent a, it sends out midi right like the, yeah. the program right yeah. the ataris used to do that so it's 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 uh it runs really well. It's probably the the one program that crashes the least on me, right? Wow. And then I have I have um, um, as I went through you know different sort of setups. Um, I use a another program that that it's kind of like a container for uh, you know sort of samplers, synthesizers. It, it's called VST. Okay. It's a VST host. Yeah. Uh, so if anybody understands, I mean, yeah. people would understand what that means that, that are kind of involved in this. In situation. the industry, yeah. which all yeah. of our and, listeners and are. The also, virtual, what does it stand for? Virtual stu- uh, Studio VST. Tech. Yeah. Yes, yeah, yeah. that's we, right. We it's what it's done if by... in the industry, you know what VSD yeah. stands for. Exactly. So here and spell it out for you. Right, right. right. And you went to Harris? I didn't go to Harris. No, I taught at Harris. T- thank you, Eugene. Right. And you taught at? Uh, oh, Trevis, yes. Now, which one would you recommend for a young budding mind? Good question, actually. Like Harris. It, it, uh, Harris is, is, uh, is good, yes. Harris, yes, Harris, yes, Harris. Harris. Yeah, Harris, yeah. I think so. Um, yeah, I, I ended up at Trevis because a friend of mine. Who's this? Uh, uh, Wes Raggett. Okay. And uh, Wes, I knew from the conservatory, and he was, teach- he had, he had, was teaching at Trevis. You got the gig. And... Uh, you know, he was there and he wanted to take some time off. And he said, would you take my classes? Because I'm going to, to uh, uh, I'm going out to BC. That's how it goes. And so I spent a year and a half waiting for him to come back, right? Anyway, then we went, we ended up going away, my wife and I. Yeah. Uh, but, uh, yeah, it's... it's. Um, what, are you, what are you teaching at Harris? Is it like like Don Garbett style uh, well, electronic stuff? Well, at Harris, stuff, what did or? I have? I, I didn't... I, there was, uh, I think, principles of digital audio, I think, yeah. was one of the things. And there was something else, but not not a lot. Bad. But at Trevis, he had a, a whole slew of, of uh, different courses that I that I took over. Um, wow. You know, there was, uh, well, synthesis. Okay. Uh, wow. 
you know, studio, what he, what he called studio uh, orchestration. Wow. You know, learning what a... Sweetening. Well, sweetening. But just, you know, that was quite bizarre because, um, uh, you know, it was, you know, right around the time when hip-hop was getting popular, right? Yeah, so, yeah. And so a lot of these are, are rap as well. Yeah, so. Yeah. To talk to them about melody was pretty ludicrous, right? To the kids, like ludicrous you know? the artist. Well, no, ludicrous, and they're what you know because the things they were listening to didn't yeah. have melody lines in them, right? right? Not, not, and, not, uh, not. Yeah, so not all okay. of that that you know he had set this up that you know you did analysis of pop tunes, yeah, basically, and and the kind of orchestration in them, and and at that point there you know no pop music at that point was like that even remotely, right? So uh, uh, and the or orchestration aspect of it too like we actually looked at at yeah. uh, you know the different parts of the orchestra and and yeah. you know what they were now, most of them didn't know what the the names of these instruments were you know but it, they, it feeds into all kinds of, of well genres, no right? i told it's, them it's i said such you know a useful tool right yeah, I, yeah. You no know, i said well you know like if you get you know like as a producer because they, they wanted to do production i said well you know yeah. as a producer if you should get a gig from someone yeah. where you're helping to produce this film score and, and you get these people in that with these orchestral instruments and you don't know what that's called, you know, you, what kind, you, you know, gotta you gotta look smart, right? Well, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta, you gotta know your shit. Well, right? more yeah, or less, yeah, you at least yeah. have to know what the instrument's called. Pack one, two, and three, where I'm a graduate here. You're in good hands. I'm a, I'm yep. a, I don't like to brag about it, but I'm a graduate. Oh, okay. So, yeah. Doug McClement. Right, right. So, Okay, let's keep going into it. What What are your thoughts about working with you? You know, you've done a lot of the improv, improvising orchestras. That's really exciting in in Europe. Uh, then you, you're immersed in the AIM Toronto scene. I, I, I see. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Sure. Sure. That's right. I, I I mean, I'm an improviser, right? I, it that program. It's impossible yeah. for me to do anything else. Right? And that's what you're using when you're improvising with. So so sure. what what are you doing with Rob Cluton? What was that like working with him? Well, two questions in one. Two questions in what one. What are you doing with them? First question. Well, right now, nothing. But no, uh, no. I meant, I meant at the time when you worked with them. Well, Rob wanted to do. I helped him with his solo album, for instance. Right? Producing it? Yeah. Well, whatever. I recorded it, produced it. Okay. To, you know, um, okay. here upstairs, right? Right here, where we, the orange we did tiles. Yeah. Where the orange tiles. No, not in his room. No, too much reverberation okay. in here. No, I'm okay. just joking. But wow. uh, actually, this room would probably sound okay. It's sounding great right now, yeah. let me tell you. Uh, so I helped him with that. Yeah. And I played with him, you know, uh, uh, quite quite often. He was, I just, you know, we just had a, uh, I get people to come over here and play every once in a while, like a, a jam, a little jam. Okay. You know, usually, you know, one or two two other musicians yeah. uh, at the most. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's a great he's a great player, and he's a great person to to to, to improvise with. You know. Right on. You know, so uh, yeah, it's like really easy. Let's let's play something from his record. Okay. Uh, I don't have that either, but no, I'll get it from him. <laughs> okay. I'm, I'm starting to learn your game. It's <laughs> not a I, I I know your game. <laughs> no, no. Uh, but talk to me about one of the tracks that we're going to queue up here from that record. I'd, I'd have to look at it. Okay, I, I know your game. All right, we're going to queue up something. Just listen to this. Stick this in your ear. This is uh, there, but Rob, Rob Clutton. Rob Clutton is... is, is Clutton. Uh, Clutton. Clutton, I call him. Yeah, Clutton. I call okay. him Clutton. Okay, same Rob guy. Clutton, same guy. Same guy. Different guy. No, no. Okay. <laughs> so he, is, he is, is a great bass player. 
right? And he's he a great a musician. Yeah. And, and, and he's a really terrific musical soul. There's, you know, there's just something there that, that um, um, you know, just kind of emanates. So it's, it's really a lot of fun to play with him because, um, uh, you know, it's, it's like a really fine conversation. You know? Nicely put. That record that you did, were you playing on it too? No. It, it, was, it was him. Strictly him. It had to be. Strictly know? bass. Yeah, that's right. It was a solo, solo album. What's the name of this record? Rob Clutton solo. I'm not sure. Thank you. Thank here, you. here it comes. We're gonna play a number from that. All right. Just okay. Make make up the name of the tune. Okay. We don't have it here. Um, okay. We're, 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 wish you were here. How's thank that? you. Well done. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Listen. I want to talk to you a little bit about that. Was great. That was Rob Clutton. That's what we call selection it. number two. We're, we're gonna get the name for it. We're gonna I'll, I'll splice it in. In fairness okay. to our friend. What's this piece, Mambo Jumbo? Oh, Mambo oh, Jumbo. That's that's piano. Uh, Is that what's going on there? How did you make that? Oh, that's that's just a, a kind of um, uh, what would you call? It? It's just MIDI MIDI. Sounded like uh, common Nancaro or something like that to my uh, my ear. Like it was very. Uh, is is it all MIDI MIDI? Uh, yeah, yeah, composition. Yeah. yeah, it's just a it's it's just a MIDI track and and. Uh, well, actually, the, the the sequencer I had like the the you can start off with three or four notes and yeah. you do vary the pro you can make you can do variations of that, and then um, so that's what I would do. I do a variation, then I would I would do another uh, uh, another little figure, and you just you know it's the old the montage, but it's MIDI montage, right? It's beautiful, man. It works. It works. Yeah, it, they don't always work, but some of them do. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to just layer a little bit of it over uh, this conversation right here. Okay. Let's keep just talking over it. So tell me this. While we layer the mambo jumbo, so Matt, picture this in the back of your mind that the mambo jumbo is queued up and right behind us, right okay. underneath right. us, okay? okay? What's it like? This is a question from our friend that pulls us together, Tim Posgate. To be a 50-year-old musician, what's the difference between being a 50-year-old musician, if you can remember, and being a 70-year-old musician? Well, at this point, I don't, I don't really care what anybody thinks about my music, right? I think mm -hmm. I used to care. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, I, and, and there was... Uh, actually, that makes me think of... I met... I was in Krakow and, and, um, uh, last year, and I met... I, I wanted to kind of connect with uh, the improv scene there and I had no luck at all. So I, um, I mentioned this to a, to a friend I had in Barcelona and he said, oh, he, he knew somebody uh, at the university there. So he looked him up and uh, he said, oh my God, he's been dead for 10 years, right? And mm -hmm. uh, my, my friend is in his 80s, right? Mm -hmm. um, so... Anyway, so we found out the name of the the uh, uh, the Krakow uh, Conservatory, basically, and and there's a guy called Marek Hoenjewski, who is kind of heads up the, that and and the, the kind of uh, multimedia section of, of uh, the university there. Yeah. <coughs> so he agreed to meet, and uh, so Marek Hoenjewski, uh, besides you know kind of running this the school. Um, or the university there uh, is also a performing he, he kind of wires himself up and uh, oh, yeah he's he's just 
slightly younger than me, right? So, that sounds like so fun. he does all kinds of things of that sort. Uh-huh. And uh, so when I met him, uh, you know, we were, we were having a coffee to meet, and and so you know, giving me a kind of an outline of uh, you know what he's been doing and what he does, and you know all of these sort of festivals and things that that are happening in Europe that he gets involved in and Mm -hmm. and it's all kind of cutting edge stuff you know and you know so I I, so I said well you know I I don't do anything that interesting or you know really I mean at at, you know in that kind of area and uh, he said well there's no competition here yeah so I thought right that's right there's no competition so that's there's no longer any, in my mind, any more competition, you know, like that's the best. It makes it so much easier. I wish I knew that at 50, mm. you know, that there is no competition, you know, like it's, it, um, that's beautiful, uh, you know, yeah, it's, it's, it really frees up that whole sort of like, well, what are you doing? Or, you know, like, how do it's you, it's not why do, we're in this, is yeah, it? It yeah, shouldn't be. I, I don't know. think so. Yeah. yeah so, yeah, but I mean, it took till I was 69 to hear it. <laughs> Thanks so, for sharing. Yeah. So anyway, it's, it's a, I always think that's great because it, it, uh, um, it kind of frees up the conversation, you know? Like, yeah. Uh, There's no competition yeah. here. Yeah. yeah. Nice. Nice. Thank you. That's, yeah. Couldn't have put it better. I mean, listen, the, uh, if you're, we're going to go into VR and take a, a trip through Eugene's refrigerator as a teaser for this podcast. Okay. But Come to, the pierogies. Exactly. But to end it, to end the podcast, I'm going to go on. I asked Bosgate for another question, and he, he delivered it here now okay. just via Twitter, at Industry Tactics, because we're live. Oh, I see. And he okay. tweets, he says, uh, the last question is, and we kind of touched on it, but what do you miss most about the old Toronto? And what do you like the most about the new Toronto? Well, I don't know if I really miss anything about the old Toronto. I mean, in, in not very nostalgic, you know, in I general. see that. He doesn't keep any of his old yeah. recordings. Uh, so, and what I like about the new Toronto mm-hmm. is is um, the fact that we have a, a really strong improv scene here. We have a lot of young musicians and, and particularly a lot of young women getting involved in it. I think that's really fantastic. And that's the thing that I used to really like. There, there's a, uh, the sound list is something that comes out that, that gives a, a yeah. people an idea of what's going on. But I used to really enjoy that was, was that I would see all these young, or these names. That, yeah. I mean, obviously they're yeah. young people. Yeah. And uh, I go, wow, I haven't, I, I don't, I have no idea who these people are, I, you know. And isn't it great? There's all of these, you know, huge, well, huge, but it was huge, I think. You know, in the improv scene, it's huge. There are all of these new names, and a lot of them are, are young women, and... and that's what I like about one of the things I like about Toronto. That's definitely. really nice, man. I would urge you, uh, gentle listener, to subscribe to the to the sound list yes. because it is yeah. a great way yeah. to kind of tap into some of this the, there, uh, the underbelly. Some, yeah, there's there's um, uh, all kinds of interesting uh, music being made. Some some might consider it uh, well, you know. There's stuff, experimental stuff. There's there's. Um, um, 
there's also you know new, you know even on like say traditional instruments uh, you know the some of these young players are really really fantastic you know they have and uh, they have a really good sense of of uh, you know sort of uh, improv you know and and uh, um, you know kind of the the whole idea of free improv and where that where that comes from and and uh, so they're they're quite they're good practitioners shall we say at a young age which yes. is really quite terrific and and it feels like a beautiful community really well, yeah. I think so yes yeah. you know as long as there's no competition yeah <laughs> hey I like um, could you would you say you, like your body of work what are you most proud of could you could you narrow it down to well I think um, um, proud I don't know what I I recently did some recording in in some duets mm-hmm. uh, in Barcelona. And um, I worked with this soprano. I've never done, worked with a soprano before. Hmm. And we did. I did a, a, a recording with her. I, I'll, I'll send it to you if you're curious. Yeah. Um, and what we did was she was new in, in the improv scene in Barcelona and, and kind of shy. Okay. Um, shy in the sense of like, the, you know, the, what she projected. Yeah. Uh, and but it, you know the people in the scene were like really quite supportive of her you know like the uh, and so I thought I ended up doing a, a, a concert with her mm. um, uh, but the way the approach was um, I wanted uh, something well we ended up doing this piece that had several sections but we started off with the idea that uh, it was not to be tonal right and sure. um so she wasn't quite sure what that meant. So I, I, had, I wrote some little short phrases, mm. oh, 20 of them, and said, you know, the old typical idea. Well, she, you know, you don't, it doesn't have to be in any particular order. Just choose one and then choose another one. And, and uh, because she could sing, she could pitch herself with that, that yeah. kind of, uh, you know, yeah. kind of atonal, if you want to call that. Yeah. Um, and but I also said you know or or just do whatever you want you know like I mean it doesn't have to be this I'm just trying to you know push you in in a so sure. so these are I guess what you would call constrained improvisations nice so uh, good term yeah yeah so it, it it worked out quite well I think and and um, um, so we did this recording it's a live recording uh, I'll send it to you you can check it out but uh, uh, it's just something that worked right the, it's every something once that worked every now and again yeah. you find one eh? yeah what's her name her name is Ilona um, Schneider let's play some now we'll end on uh, we'll leave you on the Ilona okay. Schneider and we're going to get into that refrigerator <laughs> hey thanks, okay. thanks a lot Eugene oh you're welcome I really welcome. appreciate it you, you, you feel like an old that's friend a, that's a very funny okay alright well cheerio
Oh, <laughs> 